Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic, PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, fans, you've got a, a treat for you today. Uh, we're going to talk, well, we're going to talk with a couple guys. They've been on the show before and one of them has, hasn't been. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about a new young readers projects that they have and maybe a few other things too. So we're going to be talking with, uh, in no particular order here, here, um, uh, We'll start off with Milo Stone, who is the uh, who is a, the co-writer and uh, co co-creator of this project. Also, we're going to be talking with Sean Martinbrough. Uh, I've interviewed him on the show before. Look, he's a well-known comics writer, comics artist. He's worked on Batman, uh, Thief of Thieves, many, many other projects. And, of course, we're going to be talking with Joe Illich, uh, executive editor at Heavy Metal. But he's also started his career at Milestone Media, the legendary uh, you know, African-American-owned superhero universe. He's worked on Batman. He's worked for Humanoids. He's worked for a Forge. He's, I mean, he's he's on the board of CBL, the Epic Comic Book League of Defense Fund. He's been on the show before, and I'm getting some crazy sounds here. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let our producer worry about that later. Uh, 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 Milo, Sean, Joe, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having us. All right, absolutely. So, well, the. Uh, one reason here, I mean, the main reason here is to talk about a new series you're all working on. Uh, look, I, I, I mentioned some of the kind of comics that you've worked on in the past, uh, everything from superheroes, uh, to genre based uh, material. This seems a little bit new for all of you. This is a young readers series. It's called, uh, Judge Kim and the Kids Court. One of the books is out. It's a series, a young reader series, and it's got an incredible, uh, infrastructure of educational, um, uh, basically as an educational reader, uh, reading series. So, um, uh, let's, let's, let's talk with you, Sean. I, um, can you tell us a little bit about the origin of the project and, and working on a project like this for very young readers? Uh, once again, thanks, Calvin, for having us. Uh, been a, been a big fan of yours for so long, you know, the veteran. <laughs> Calvin Reed. Um, you, you know, the thing about Judge Kim is that I'm a huge law uh, fan. I, I, I love law, lawyer cop doctor shows and lawyer shows in particular. And uh, uh, I'm a big fan of the law from the, the, the side seats. Uh, I always said that if I didn't have enough, if I had more of a lifetime, I probably would be a lawyer in addition to being an artist. Because um, the, the legal system just fascinates me. I watch TV shows all the time. You know, Law and Order, you know, the LA mm-hmm. Law, and I would always go to, I had a friend who was a lawyer, and I would always say to her, hey, you know, I just saw this on Ally McBeal, I just saw this on <laughs> Boston Legal, what do you think? And she would be like, okay, that's not accurate, that's not true. And then I, and then I would say, but wait a minute, but I went, I heard this at the barbershop, and you know, we all have been to a barbershop where sure. it's filled with legal scholars, and everybody has <laughs> an opinion about what to do if you're pulled over by the cops, and usually most of that's wrong. And so that really got me to thinking that your average person doesn't know much about the law, despite the fact mm. that, you know, our country and the, pretty much the world is run by lawyers. And mm. I, I really started thinking that, you know, if you don't really understand something, you're more likely to be to fall victim to it. And sure. that really made me think about it'd be really cool to come up with a way to teach kids and their families about the law. And that's 
where the genesis of the idea of Judge Kim came about. So I reached out to Joe and Milo and our um, uh, other buddy, Chris Jordan. Yeah, oh, yes. and, I said, hey, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, guys, you know, um, what do you think about this idea about developing this into something? And we all started collectively thinking about it, coming up with the characters. And obviously my style is way too mature for something like mm-hmm. this. And so that's one of the reasons why we reached out to Chris Jordan, who's been our buddy since SBA. We're all uh, SBA alums, ah. uh, visual arts. And Chris I is see. an amazing. Yeah, he's an amazing artist. He, he's designed mm-hmm. kids' clothing and different types of things with the brands of like Gap, mm-hmm. Old Navy, and etc. And so he was just such a perfect fit in terms of designing the characters, and that's pretty much how we, mm-hmm. we came up with it. Well, he's, he's certainly, uh, his style of drawing and illustration and, uh, and the color, uh, really works well, obviously. But now talk about a little bit about how this is focused, because this is, this is not your average reading series, because it's really an educational, it's leveled for a certain age group, I would imagine. Did you work with an educator? And, and how did you, how did you work together to write it? I mean, it's understandable for like a complex adult narrative, but it does seem a little counterintuitive that you got, you know, Three minds working, and really four, you count Christopher Jordan, the artist, to mm. bring the, let's say, bring the story together. Well, I think that the a cool thing is that Milo and I, bo- <clears throat> excuse me, both of our moms are teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, oh, they, perfect. They taught public school in, in the New York City school system for years. And, you know, when your mom's a teacher, you kind of, I think you could pick <laughs> up ways to kind of like teach things. And also, like, I, I would go to my mom's uh uh, classroom because she taught at PS 123 in Harlem cool. uh, for 30 plus years. And, you know, when I was younger and my dad was out working and we needed a babysitter or whatever, I, I had to go with my mom to class and I would just sort of watch her and how she would speak to kids. And I think having a mom as an educator would help you be able to sort of simplify things down. And especially since all of us have some kind of connection to storytelling and comic books, you know, either, you know, we, uh, you know, Joe has worked extensively in comics, you know, and, and Chris and Milo are just yes. comics fans. You know, you, I think we innately have a, 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 a gift or a knack for telling stories in a very effective yet simplified way. Cause I think comic books are probably the, one of the best distillations of visual storytelling and word, the combination of words and pictures. So I think that gives us a very like a really good edge in terms of coming up with a property that can work for kids and actually work for different ages. You know, it's just a matter of scaling back words to pictures and and sort of leaning more into nuance. Now, this is this is a series. Right. So um, uh, maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about the first book is out, if I'm not mistaken. And another book in the series is coming out in January. Mm-hmm. Is yes. that roughly the schedule? So uh, tell us a little bit about the story because it, it, it's it's very layered in uh, and, and and each layer sort of teaches outside of the story, which is which is very charming. Uh, each layer sort of teaches you something just about these legal principles you're talking about. Sure. Well, uh, one thing we wanted to do was not bore children with the book. We wanted it to be an entertaining book, so we use sort of allegories for actual laws and things. We mm-hmm. we really wanted to teach kids how to get along, how to think outside the box, not necessarily, you know, 
jaywalking is illegal or stealing is illegal or something like that because kids wouldn't be entertained by that. So we wanted to keep the book humorous, entertaining, exciting, you know, from start to finish. And the first book is, is the case of the missing bicycles. So it's really a case about property theft and it's about maybe judging a book by its cover or jumping to conclusions when they accuse this this one sure. student in their school of, of stealing the bicycles. Mm-hmm. And this is and, Milo Stone talking here right now, just to make sure our listeners yeah, know. Go on. And uh, as far as like how we come up with the story, the four of us, well, we, we all came up with the concept, the characters, Chris designed the looks. Uh, we went through at least three or four different versions of the, of the style for the book. Like originally it was going to be a, a, a kind of a classic picture book for children, but Simon and Schuster has this new format that's closer to a graphic novel or a comic book. So, um, I think Chris kind of simplified the, the style. So it was like less painterly and more like animation looking and more, you know, it pops more. Um, yeah, it really yeah, pops, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but we came up with a lot of different storylines for cases. Like, that's the beauty of this uh, series is that it, it's unlimited. You know, like, people watch these judge shows like uh, Judge Judy and things like that, and they're very entertaining and addictive because every week it's a new case. So <laughs> with this series, we came up with, like, a whole list of different cases for possibilities, and then we kind of settled on, well, which ones are we going to used for the Simon Schuster book series. And we picked the case of the missing bicycles. And then the second book is actually called the doggy defendant. Mm -hmm. And the, the two main characters, judge Kim and her little brother, miles, their dog goes on trial. Uh Oh, so yeah, (laughs) I'll gets accused of some, some, uh, damage at a kid's party. Uh. So then we're exploring Mm -hmm. property damage. So the first book is kind of about, you know, theft. The second book's about property damage. The third book will be about, you know, another topic. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to teach kids about these kind of principles, not necessarily about the law, but more about getting along with each other, problem solving. You know, it applies. You know, that's what the law is, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no chaos and people aren't running around crazy. So Yeah, there's, there's lessons about – and there's lessons and definitions of, like, motive, what's evidence, uh, right. you know, and, and you mentioned earlier, just things like, you know, uh, uh, finding a conclusion as opposed to jumping to a conclusion. So it's a really layered, you know, um, lesson, um, that, you know, this doesn't quite, you know, this kind of submerged within, you know, a very charming story about, uh, a bunch of really diverse kids, which I think is also quite important to how this story is structured. Yes, yes. Well, Fairville is the town that they're in, and in in the book, without spoiling any like major spoilers, in the book, Kim Kim's bike is stolen, so her mom has to pick her up from school, and that's her introduction to her mom's job. Her mom is a judge Ah, at the Fairville courthouse. So this little girl, she's nine years old. She goes to her her mother's job, and she gets to sit in on a case. And that introduces her to that whole world. And then it becomes a 
an idea in her head. Well, well, hey, what if I do what my mom does for the the neighborhood kids, for the school kids? Because we're they're always fighting, they're always getting into some kind of dispute or argument as kids do. And so she has a treehouse in her backyard, and she sets up shop there, and she creates her own little kids court. And that's where all the neighborhood kids go to settle their disputes. She's the judge. And actually, in our second book, we introduced the concept of lawyers. So two of the the (laughs) kids become lawyers. One is the prosecutor. One is the defender trying to defend Digger, the dog, against, you know, these accusations. Mm -hmm. All right. Yes. So yeah, it's a very thorough book, and it's a, it, and like I said, it's a great cast of characters. Um, are you guys doing any events around this? Or how are you how are you promoting it? I mean, it's a it's you know it's both entertainment and and, and of course it has an educational and it's level for grade for a grade level too. So is there anything going on around getting the book into the hands of uh, of uh, parents and teachers? Well, we have Simon Schuster there. They have a department that's sort of set up to do handle this kind of thing. I think all of us on our own are kind of following up with different contacts. I think we've people have approached us about doing events, so we're trying to figure out how because we're kind of butter butter um, hitting up against the holiday season, so yeah. that gets a little tricky. But I, yes, we're really I, I know for myself here, I'm in the D.C. area. Um, I've had some people reach out to me and. Uh, I'm trying to figure out when we can get together in terms of maybe doing some readings and some signings. And I think we're all just trying to sort of nail down exactly what we're going to do. But I think probably probably in the beginning of the year, we're going to be doing a lot more events, you know, leading into probably Black History Month. Well, you know, you're, we have been hearing ahead, a lot from parents and teachers mm-hmm. you know, who are really interested in this. You know, one thing that was really important to us is, you know, this this story is about – um, a young black girl and her personal journey, not only to find out, you know, something that she really wants to do, but in the story, there's a personal journey that she has to go through. And in going through that journey, it's basically Judge Kim begins. Mm-hmm. So when we meet her, as Milo pointed out, she's not the judge yet. She has to go on this personal um, journey to become the judge. And, you know, you spoke about the diverse cast. One of the things that, you know, is really true in our world is when you talk about career tracks, you know, people of color and especially girls of color are not given the same amount of opportunities in a number of different fields. Um, The law is no exception. And so we wanted to create something that was inspirational for black girls that really promoted the idea of diverse community. And in addition to the themes that Milo pointed out, really spoke to the idea of empathy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Empathy is a character trait that is not unfortunately regarded well enough in our society. The capacity to understand what someone else is going through, this whole trial really shows us that facts are one thing and the truth behind the facts are something else. Cool. And in going through this trial, you know, Kim really learns about the point of view of another person. And so that idea of empathy is also something that we really wanted to bring into this. And the thing about, you know, our collective backgrounds in comic books, as, you know, Sean mentioned, you know, we're all connected not only through the school of visual arts, 
but Sean and I connected through Milestone, um, Milestone mm-hmm. really being the first um, multicultural, truly inclusive and diverse superhero publisher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really think about how when we were kids, there was no book like Judge Kim and the Kim's Court. You know, you might have had an Encyclopedia Brown here, something there, but the idea of, you know, showing a young kid, having a job like this, being a part of her community, there wasn't something like this. We could have used um, Judge Kim. Oh, absolutely. We and and right. I'm a little older and there were, definitely was not anything like that when I, anything like this when I was a kid. And if I, just to add, I mean, uh, Judge Kim, she overcomes kind of a small little personal challenge uh, in the process of this story too. You yes. know, so that's always kind of interesting too. 100%. It's basically the kind of journey that in typical literature, it's a man's journey. Mm-hmm. It's a man's who's always climbing up a certain mountain to find out who they really are and what their purpose is in life. And we have Kim do that. And in that way, you know, we're saying to black girls, you know, you have a hill to climb. You can climb it. And you're going to find out who you really are and what your purpose is in this world. And so to be able to impart these kinds of themes to kids and their fertile minds um, at a time when libraries are really receptive to the graphic novel format and Simon and Schuster in their, you know, infinite wisdom has set up the ready to read graphics program to be able to bring kids in to the graphic novel language early to lead them on the path to this form of storytelling, which is really just exploded in our culture, in libraries, in bookstores. Yes. You know, it's really an amazing opportunity, and this is the perfect time for Judge Kim and her cast. I mean, we now have a black Supreme Court judge. So Kim, in a way, really spoke to the future that we're in now. Yeah, absolutely. A a, a black woman Supreme Court judge in, in uh, Katinjie Brown-Jackson. Yeah, uh, and uh, Sean, I know you're, you live in the D.C. area. That's my hometown, by the way. I'm from D.C., you know, Eastern High School, Howard U, the whole the whole nine yards. So that that that's another sort of background fact that you know people might like to know. So yes, I think uh, Joe's Joe's comments are are well taken, um, without a doubt. Um, great. Uh, um, uh, now this is part, part. Do you want to talk a little bit about this reading series that you mentioned? I I, I do think it's really incredible that obviously now we've all seen the arc of how this category, the graphic novel category, uh, has transformed itself over our time in publishing. Uh, we're able to talk about things now that were never even considered uh, when I started. And I started in the business in the 1980s. Uh, now this is the, the, the notion that you will have uh, really thoughtful multicultural literature in the, in the visual storytelling form from the youngest to the oldest uh across genre and literary works um it's really startling and satisfying to see absolutely and the Simon and Schuster ready to read graphics program is set up so that in the beginning of every book there's a page that teaches kids how to read graphic novels and so the book is really set up in 
either single page splashes, double page splashes, or four panel pages. So a very simple format to bring kids into reading that format. And since that format has become so prevalent with middle grade and with YA, the idea of teaching kids, so basically you can set them on their literary journey to make graphic novels part of their reading curriculum was really brilliant. So the ready-to-read graphics line is for kids from ages four to eight. And so, you know, speaking of what Milo said about how Chris Jordan, the artist and co-creator, really adapted his style to be perfect for this program. And it was something that we had a number of discussions with Simon and Schuster with as a publisher. Their editors, um, designers were very involved in shaping this series. And so this first book being out was a culmination of a lot of thought into how to really make this ideal for kids. Great. I love it. All right. So, so people run out and get some. Yeah. Hey, this, the gift giving season is coming up. Uh, if you have kids, you should buy them. If you don't have kids, you can go out and, and buy some for, for your friends' kids. Judge Jim in the Kids Court, the, the Case of the Missing Bicycles by Milo Stone, Sean Martinburg, Joe Illich with art by Christopher Jordan. Um, that's out wait, now. Calvin, um, did you say, wait, wait, Calvin, you said yeah. Judge Jim, Judge Kim. Judge Kim, excuse me, sorry. Oh, yeah. my God. Get, let me make sure that I, my mouth is is moving uh, uh, without connecting with my brain. Uh, that's Judge Kim and the Kids Court. Uh, as I said, the case of the missing bicycles is out now. Uh, it's on Amazon the, and Target. Excuse, say what? It's on Amazon.com and Target.com. Great, and and I'm sure it find bookstores, uh, find independent bookstores as well. Uh, and also the doggy defendant will be out in January, uh, by the same creative team. Uh, and it's a very charming and obviously a very impactful series. So you got everybody go out and get some. Now, before we go, maybe we can just talk a little bit about what, you know, what, what you're all doing, uh, what else you're all doing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start, well, I'm going to jump back to Sean again because I've talked with Joe a lot. Uh, over the years, and I haven't had a chance. To, I haven't had a chance to talk with Sean as much. But I, I you know, I love to. Uh, uh, I do know that you're New York. You're, you're living in DC, but you're New York City born, uh, mm-hmm. as you told us a little bit before. Uh, you have an incredibly long and diverse history in the business. Uh, I'm most familiar with Thief of Thieves because it's just an exciting, innovative series. You developed it with uh, with Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead. Uh, fame. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about working that or anything else you'd like to tell us about your, your time in comics. Uh, uh, it, 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 not to mention that incredible book about n- n- uh, drawing and writing and thinking about noir, which I have somewhere, but all my, my apartment's all packed up, so I couldn't find it. I was trying to pull it out for this, but I couldn't find it. Oh, Calvin, not, not the whole my, my apartment is packed up excuse. Uh, yes, uh, once was- again, there you go. <laughs> That's okay. all I got these days. Uh, okay, but um, but no, but everything else was totally worth the check that I sent you before this interview. All right, um, yeah, deal. That's how I make yeah. my t-shirts, man. Just send me t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, but just just referencing, uh, Thief of Thieves was a project that um I I co-created with Robert Kirkman, the co-creator of the Walking Dead series. It was all about a international thief and ran for about forty, I think forty three issues. 
Um, it's really fun stuff. I really enjoyed working on that book. And well, then, seven so, book collections, I think, right? They're all. I think, yeah, I think I think there's yeah. seven volumes, and it's mm-hmm. been printed in a number of different languages around the world. Um, it was really really a fun project that that I people still I still get accolades uh, uh, and kudos on it to this day. Um, but that was a few years back. But mm-hmm. since then, I've worked on um, a project with uh, Delcor and um, um, Comicsology called Promete oh, 1313. Yes. Yeah, actually, it was a, it was nominated for an Eisner Award for Best Digital Comic Book, which is pretty awesome. It was my first time working on a project that came out exclusively digital. Uh, and it was based on a series of best-selling band dissonés, which is what the French call their graphic novels, mm-hmm. uh, by Christophe uh, Beck. Christopher Beck, and that I worked on that with Andy Diggle and uh, Simon Boland and um, Dave Stewart coloring. It was a really fun project, really cool, grounded sci-fi. Um, and uh, I've been working on a bunch of different projects since then. I'm working on some projects now I can't talk about, but um, one project I'm really excited about is a project with uh, multi-award winning author Derek Barnes. Um, Derek uh, is... An amazing writer, and we did this project about a young kid who developed superpowers, and we're doing it for Nancy Paulson Books uh, slash Penguin Random House. It comes right. out next summer. I'm very excited about it, and as I've said, uh, you know, Derek has won freaking every yes. award under the sun, and uh, he just revealed the cover last month. Uh, got a lot of great reaction, and so that's really cool. I also did um, contribute to this Black Panther coffee table book that just came out oh. from DK Books. Called it's uh what is it the Wakanda Atlas Guide written by Evan Narcisse and that came out right before Wakanda Forever which was really awesome right. and um, I got to do, create some concept art for that so yeah it's just I've just been bouncing around yeah. different genres and so Judge Kim really kind of sort of fills that kid spot that that's kind of fun yeah. to kind of you know uh, you know I can I can tap into like my writing creativity versus drawing, which is always fun. And I'm doing a lot more of these days. Now, and I've seen, I've seen some pictures floating around of you receiving an award. Oh. Is that fairly yes. recently now? I mean, yeah. I know you work in animation, right? And film and de- doing I, design in some, some ways. Well, I mean, I, I primarily work in comics, but I've also, I also do illustration work. I've, I've mm-hmm. uh, done, uh, been a regular kind of contributor for Vanity Fair. I will do storyboards for movies mm-hmm. or concept art or different poster art for il- various companies and clients in illustration. But the Ad Color Award was really amazing because I, I've uh, been, uh, I followed Tiffany Warren, who is the creator of Ad Color, and it's an amazing conference that just celebrates diversity in advertising. Mm, yeah. And it's a completely different. Great. It's a huge thing that Tiffany has built up from like nothing. Like, I think it's maybe ten years. No, maybe like fourteen years old now. But it started with like a couple of people, and it's grown in such size where like they had. Blue chip sponsors from Meta, Facebook, Amazon, right. Google. I think Nike tried to get in as a sponsor at the last minute. They're like, eh, we don't have any room for <laughs> I love it. Big, okay. <laughs> that's how big it was. And so, yeah, so basically they nominated me for a Legend Award, which I thought sounded kind of weird because I'm 51 years old. And I'm like, hey. Legend Award? Uh, but, hey, I'll take it. There you go. So it was an amazing uh, conference. Uh, I, I went, attended it last about two weeks ago in LA and it was an amazing right. experience just interacting with so many different people uh, from so many different diverse backgrounds that were really kind of fighting the good fight at all of these blue chip corporations to kind of, you know, expand 
representation and awareness. And to get an award from them was just really humbling and awesome. So basically a super big shout out to Tiffany Warren and Ed Culler for that award. Great. All right. And, and Joe, uh, in your other uh, line of work at, at, at Heavy Metal, what can you, you tell us about that? And, and if I may ask, I know uh, Heavy Metal announced this relationship with Whatnot. Can, can you talk, tell us anything about that? Right. So Heavy Metal, I'm the executive editor there. It's been around for 45 years. Legendary Absolutely. Uh, magazine. I first discovered it as a 13-year-old student at High School <laughs> of Art and Design in New York, and I knew I couldn't take any copies home because my mother would consider it <laughs> pornography and throw me out of the house. Same so, here. So <laughs> I'm now the executive editor there, and after 45 years, um, Heavy Metal is going to relaunch as a number one in February 2023. This is a way to commemorate its new publishing deal with Whatnot Publishing. Whatnot Publishing is the arm of the large company corporation Whatnot, and so really great group of people over there that love comics. They genuinely love the comic book art form. And so we're relaunching with a number one in February. And it's really exciting to do that with the magazine because, number one, there hasn't been a heavy metal number one in 45 years. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's a way to invite a lot of new readers in, invite more creators in, and really up the ante with the stories so very excited about that and working with whatnot to really tackle, you know, enhanced marketing, enhanced distribution. Um, now they're taking over the publishing. They're taking over the sort of the physical publishing of, of some of the issues, right? They- well, you know, it's interesting when I really thought about it. It's really an interesting parallel to when I started my career in comics and the Milestone DC partnership. Mm where Milestone created the content and owned the content and DC handled publishing, marketing, and distribution. Mm -hmm. So basically it's the same exact thing, right? With heavy metal handling and curating the content and whatnot, handling the publishing, the distribution, and the marketing. And those kinds of relationships, I think, are going to speak more to the future of comic books, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely in the direct market, um, so we're very excited about that. And so other than that, there's a lot happening, you know, similar to Sean, cause we have to do our business correctly. Sure. You can't talk about things before they get officially announced, sure. right? You have to yeah. be a professional. Yeah. I will say that next year is going to be the 30th anniversary of my beginning, my career in comic books. I started uh-huh. in 1993 in Milestone. So a lot of big plans and announcements are set up for next year to celebrate that there's going to be a lot of cake and a lot of wine <laughs> Great. and stuff like that, because swear to God, you couldn't have told me when I started at milestone that 30 years later, I mean, this is the world that we fought for. Yes. Right. With the other being the mainstream with our stories being wanted and desired with more of us in the business, more women in the business, um, you know, the full spectrum of representation. This was the world that we fought for and we're now here and it's amazing to be able to celebrate that. Yeah. And, and one more thing I am curious about the access guide to black comics. Is that continuing? This is the, the, uh, the volume you put out a couple of years ago. Okay. Yeah. So funny that you mentioned that because we did put out two volumes. Mm-hmm. We're talking about what the next 
volume is going to look like. Great. Right? Mm -hmm. And with every volume, you'll notice what we did was we really increased the value. So the very first volume we put out, we self-funded, and uh, monies from the books went to the Dwayne McDuffie Fund, which was set up by Dwayne's widow, Charlotte Fullerton McDuffie, to help create scholarships for young creators of color. The co-founder of Milestone Media. Yes. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, Dwayne is a true luminary in comics, in animation, in in Mm -hmm. popular culture, just by co-creating Static, right? The impact on our culture um, cannot be overstated. And so with the second volume, what we did was we added color and we added more categories. We added podcasters. We added books. So with every next volume, we have to increase the value. So right now, Demetrios Fragiscados, I'm co-owner of Anyone Comics in Brooklyn and Everyone Comics in Queens, George Carmona, journalist, graphic designer, and myself, we're trying to figure out what the next iteration of this is going to be. So it's something that we're talking about right now. We're going to unveil it next year, and we're very excited about it. But the impact that that book has made has really been evident. Like I can tell you, when we were mailing out packages, I was privy to names and addresses. And I saw the names and addresses of a number of influential editors, marketing people, um, people who can hire mm-hmm. people of color in this business. I promise I retained none of that. I remain a professional. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I didn't write down anything. But we were able to see the direct impact. And every year we were able to see more presence of black creators and business people, more presence in comics, in graphic novels, in the trade book publishing and the direct market. So, you know, to really loop it back, This is all a continuation of the mission, and this is a mission that you have helped people understand for decades, which is the importance of graphic novels and how graphic novels are such an important literary form, and everyone should be able to tell their stories in those Forms. Absolutely. And this Access Guide to Black Comics, it really is an amazing index to creators across the whole, the, the full range of the business. So, uh, and as you said, you've, you've expanded it. I mean, you, you look at specific artists, their works. It's really, uh, incredibly useful, a font of information. So. Thank you so much. Right. And Milo, tell us more, uh, about you. I, I, as I understand from your, your, your bio, you're a toy designer, filmmaker, and it, did you guys work on some films together? I, I, I was snooping around the internet trying to find out more about you. <laughs> yes, uh, we've done a, a few projects in film. Uh, we worked on a TV pilot that we were pitching around town. Uh, we entered in a few festivals and we won some awards. Uh, you know, that was a while ago. Uh, it, it's very, uh, it's a lot of work, filmmaking. <laughs> so. When you're working with shoestring budgets and, you know, uh, uh, independent projects, it, it, it can be a little rough. But yeah, we, we worked on some projects in the past. Like, I, right now I'm, I'm working on a, uh, a toy line, uh, very plugged into the whole toy industry. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm working on some toy designs for a toy line. You want to plug it? Feel free. It's all top secret right oh, now. Oh, okay. All right. I have to keep right. everything very, uh, I understand. 
secret until you're ready to launch. All right. So. All right. No problem. Yeah. All right. Well, look, this, this has been, a, this has been great to talk to you. Uh, you know, uh, talk to you again for most, <laughs> most of you. Um, and I'm going to make sure that I point out again and pronounce it correctly this time. Go to, go to Amazon, go to independent bookstores, go to wherever you buy books, uh, yeah, uh, and look for Judge Kim and the Kids Court. It's the ready to read graphic series, uh, published by, this is Simon and Schuster. Did I get that right? Yeah. All right. Uh, done by the creative team that we've been talking to here. Milo Stone, Sean Martin Brewer, Joe Illich, and Christopher Jordan, who's not here, but we want to make sure that we, uh, shout out to him. Uh, so look, thank all of you for being on More to Come. Thanks, thanks Kevin. All right. Thank you for having us. And actually, you know what, real quick though, since half of our creative team is in New York and I'm in the DC area, we are totally open to doing any, you know, sort of like, uh, events or promotions with any yeah. local libraries or bookstores to promote the, um, you know, Judge Kim both books. So please feel free to, uh, to reach out to us. All right. Okay, you guys, look, thanks so much. It was great to talking to you. Thank Thanks, you. Right, take care. Calvin. 